Welcome to Book Talk with Kara Putman. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kara Putman, the award-winning, best-selling author of more than 30 novels. I write romantic legal suspense and World War II romance, but I read voraciously. Each week, I'll introduce you to one of my favorite author friends as we talk books, writing, and life. Be sure to check back frequently for new episodes. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Book Talk. In this episode, I'm delighted to introduce you to the co-authors in this collection, Across the Shores, which is one that I had the pleasure of being part of. And I will always be grateful to Carolyn Miller for asking me if I would like to be part of this, because it gave me the opportunity to work with these three ladies on a collection, which is novellas set across different times and actually different countries but all connected by a family and really by a cross necklace and kind of a theme. And so what we're going to do today is just kind of introduce you to each of us as writers, but then also to the stories and to the larger uh, themes and books that we write as well. So Carolyn, I'm going to start with you. Why don't you take just a moment to introduce yourself and then we'll go to Angela and Kelly as well. Sure. Hi, I'm Carolyn Miller. I live in the Southern Highlands of New South Wales, Australia, which is about halfway between Sydney and Canberra, our nation's capital. I write historical and contemporary books, and I think I've got 30 plus now, which is kind of cool. So this was a really fun uh, little project to do, and it's fun to write different sorts of lengths of books as well. So there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's crazy to think that you're at 30 books already because you write Regency, yes. which I really enjoy your Regency novels, but then you also write contemporary. So you're yes. one of those who writes really well in two different genres and you're very prolific. Yeah, well, you know, there's lots of stories to be told. I actually started by writing contemporary. So it always is funny to me when people are surprised by the fact that I actually do that. That's just where I started. So, you know, um, it's just that historical was what got first published. So, yeah. That's awesome. And Angela, tell us a little bit about your writing and your journey. Um, well, I am completely stuck in historical, <laughs> um, but uh, a lot of different um, eras. Um, so you <laughs> like, tell us a little bit more about yourself as well, because you're from Canada. Yeah, so I'm the opposite end of uh, Carolyn. I'm way up north in Alberta, Canada. Um, yeah, I have five going on six kids and that if I'm not writing that's what I'm doing <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic so how did you get started writing um so I've been writing ever since I was a teenager um I picked it up um I was writing a manuscript one day I started in World War II that was always my favorite and then uh, my brother one told me one day told me like you'll never get published like why what are you even doing and so that kind of set the stage of like, oh yeah, want to see. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, why I'm here. That, you gotta love that motivation. I've always been like, don't exactly. tell me I can't do something because right? that's the first way to make sure go. I'm going to do it. So Angela, <laughs> what does your brother say now that you have, I don't know, what, 10 books published? Um, I, yeah, we haven't really talked about it much. Yeah. His wife reads my work, so I'm good. Yeah. 
He needs to eat those words a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I think <laughs> next family holiday, you need a spread <laughs> or something with you'll never be published on. You feel like you can eat those now. <laughs> so Kelly, tell us a little bit about your journey to publication. Well, I've been writing about 10 or 11 years now, I guess. And um, I never, ever thought I would write a book. It was never anything in my mind that I wanted to do. Um, but I've always loved playing with words. I wrote a lot of papers. I was a history major, wrote a lot of papers. So I've always loved playing with words. And um, we just, I got to a point in what I was doing, which was in-home childcare, that I needed to find something new. And my husband and I and our small group started praying that God would give me a passion and a new purpose and direction. And this is where he led me, someone I wasn't expecting, but I love it. Uh, I also write historical romance uh, only. I don't do contemporary or suspense like you girls do, but I love historical romance and primarily write in the latter part of the 20th century, so late 1900s. So what I love about this collection with Across the Shores is we were each able to pull in the different elements of kind of who we are. Because Carolyn, your novella is set in um, Australia. And then Angela, yours is set up in Canada. And then Kelly and I are able to set ours in the States, but they're all set in different historical time periods. And so we were able to kind of pull on those different elements of what we each uniquely bring to the table. And so and I got to look at this. Carolyn, yours is the first one in the series. So was it you or Angela who originally had the idea for this collection? Gosh, I can't remember. You, Angela? Well, I think you poked me being like, it would be fun to do a collection. And then the discussion became about how can we do the books we want to write? Because I want to write Mounties yeah. in a Canada. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I would love to do Australia. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's when the whole international across the shores came in. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes, I wanted to have a book that would sort of somehow link to my regencies. So I have, um, my hero is the child of one of my Regency couples. So it's kind of fun and it's fun for my readers who are familiar with the Regencies to go, oh, I know that and I can see that character and how that links. So that was kind of fun to do. And it's always fun when we can do that for readers where we can make those connections across yes. stories or even if it's just, oh, here's this character or here's what would have happened next. Because mm. readers often will do that. They fall in love with our characters and they want to know, well, what was the next thing? Did they have kids? What, what happened next in this community? And so to be able to do that inside a novella is really kind of a fun gift for your readers. And so Angela, how did you come up with, you just knew you wanted to do Mounties, which, okay, ever since reading Jeanette Oak, Mounties are always a good idea. But <laughs> what else did you, how, what other elements did you decide needed to be in this? Because then Kelly and I kind of came in and we were like, okay, what are y'all doing? And how do we kind of like, <laughs> Yeah, so mine also has a link to one of my previous novels. Um, I have one actual Mountie full-length novel out. Um, and so this novella is set in the same location. Um, the Mountie himself is staying in the home that is featured in the other novel um, because the other characters aren't there at the time. And, you know, so it was kind of fun to kind of tie him into the history of what, what took place in the other book. Absolutely. And so Kelly, then your novella comes in later. 
I am between Carolyn and Angela. Okay. So I'm the second story and um, my heroine is the niece of Carolyn's heroine, mm -hmm. which I think was Josephine. Boy, we're getting beyond it yep. enough just that I'm gonna get my characters confused now. <laughs> <laughs> Josephine, and then my daughter, my character's daughter is Anna, which is Angela's heroine, I believe it's all correct. Yes. Yeah, and so um, I like to set my stories kind of locally so far. And um, I had intended to do just that and then was researching something in, in Baltimore. I was trying to figure out how my heroine could get on a steamer ship and try to get, like the idea was that she was gonna to try to get to Josephine in Europe. Um, and every time I tried to Google information about the port of Baltimore and what it would cost and how long it would take, I kept coming up with the great railroad strike of 1877, which I'd never heard of before. And after going down rabbit trail after rabbit trail, I decided, well, why not just set the story in Baltimore and use this? Because that seems to be, you know, what's happening here, like as far as the information where the history research was going, I mean. So I ended up setting the story in Baltimore um, and keeping it there and her getting derailed by this railroad strike and getting stuck in Baltimore. <laughs> I love it. And I think that's often what happens when we're working in historicals is we start with one idea or some kind of nugget of here's what could happen or here's a character, here's a location I think I might use. And then we start researching. And something will pop up like for my novella in here, and I always have to look because it's love across or along the shores. So I always get confused because it's across the shores for the collection. And then mine <laughs> is a love along the shores um, because mine is set during World War II along the Outer Banks of North Carolina um, because I had for years wanted to write a book set with the U-boat attacks along the eastern shore of the United States in 1942. And so I had this idea. So when Carolyn came to me and said, would you like to be part of this collection? I was like, yes, how can I use this idea I've had? <laughs> uh, but as I was researching, there's all these Outer Bank Islands along North Carolina. And so I was trying to figure out which is the right one. And I think I changed the island three times. <laughs> like, literally, I'd be researching, I'd be like, oh, it's gonna be on this island. And then I keep researching. I was like, no, I think I want to use this shipwreck. And so I'd move it south an island. And they, like, oh, this is the island. And then I'd be researching, like, oh, this is it, this is it. No, I think I'm going to move it to this one. And I finally settled on Ocracroke. And it was so fun because they speak with the Scottish brogue. Um, there are still some people there, and you can you know, YouTube videos on all these really quirky things that are there and I'm like, I really wanna go and I wanna rent in a house and stay there for like a week or so because it sounds so amazing. But it's this tiny little spit of an island. And, but I literally was like the fourth one before I was like, yes, and I cannot move it again because I have to write <laughs> novella. So did any of you run into other things like that as you were researching your stories where you're like, I know what I want to do, but then as you were researching, maybe you had something else pop up where you're like, nope, now the story is going to go this direction or that direction or something else you kind of wove into it. Mine was fairly straightforward, I think, because I knew I wanted to have an Australian gold rush. Um, so I went with like the first known gold rush in Australia um so it was kind of like okay let's just introduce my character and it was awesome because it actually had 
connections to other books which were also somewhat set in Australia so for me it wasn't really like the rabbit trails it was like no this is what it's going to be and when it's 30,000 words it's like (laughs) we're going to commit we're going to slog this out and just get it done (laughs) so yeah that was good in terms of my story. It is a real part of novellas that you know by the time you have a romance and you have a historical thread you really can't do a whole lot more. You know, you might have one internal uh, plot with either the hero or the heroine. It's hard to do it with both. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're at 30,000 words, just like that. Yeah. And when you're used to writing complex, full-length novels, like you and I are, Carolyn, mm. really tight. And, but I was oh. like, 30,000 words. I'm used to writing novellas for 20. So I was like, I've got 10,000 extra words. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, it was fun, wasn't it? And introducing the other element that was going to thread through our stories as well, like trying to sort of make sure that that was coherent too. That was that was cool. So yeah, and I love yeah. that because sometimes you're in a novella collection and it's very loose. There's not really a whole lot of connection between the stories. Yeah. But I know as a reader, I really enjoy it when they are connected. When you feel yeah. that thread that goes through the stories, and so it was yeah. fun coming up with that with y'all. Yeah. So Angela, did you have anything that as you were researching, you were like, ooh, I'm not quite sure what to do with this. Is it going to change my story or isn't it? Um, not too much because she was just backcountry trying to figure out how to survive and yeah. um, support her brother and uh, not betray them to the uh, law. So <laughs> <laughs> That would be good. <laughs> anything yeah. else in yours that you were like, ooh? Well, yeah. I mean, like once I decided to set the story in Baltimore and I started researching what Baltimore, like who was working up for this railroad and who were the strikers. And there were a lot of German immigrants in Baltimore, huge German immigrant population. So then my family became German. And that was a lot of fun because I hadn't written a character, but they were new immigrants. They'd only been here a couple of years. Um, so they were learning English. They, and that was just a lot of fun to be able to incorporate some of their culture into the story. Yeah, um, that would be fun. And that, um, having that culture and that background would be very different from if they've been Italian or Irish or right. really from any other country. So that would definitely have an impact on who they are and their story. I don't think Baltimore and think German either. Right. I mean, it was a surprise to me. I mean, I knew there was a little Italy in Baltimore, but I didn't really realize how many German immigrants were coming here. Yeah. And there was a huge amount coming into the port of Baltimore, immigrating in. Yeah. (laughs) Immigrating, immigrating. (laughs) And that really is the fun part about like the historical uh novella or novel is just like the little tidbits that we both we get to learn and the readers get to learn right absolutely so with my novella at the end I had to write a note I always like to do that because I love to read up again as a reader I'm always like okay how much of this is real and how much of this is you know kind of coming straight out of the author's imagination and there was one thing that I had to change because I had um U-boats, you know, so there were actual attacks. And there's one where I changed the port that they went into with survivors to fit my story. And so that's one of the things that went into the author note. 
because I knew there would be one reader probably <laughs> who read it who would be like, that's not the port they went to. They went to the different Coast Guard station. Um, <laughs> but I, I very intentionally changed it. I even had one of the editors go, why did you change that? And I was like, because I needed him to be here for the, my story. But I tell everybody that's what I did. Um, did you write author notes or were there things that you were like, I really wanted readers to know that this was real and authentic or is that important to you um, as you're writing, especially in a historical time period? I like to write, um, include author's notes if I can. And I know that I based a lot of my story on diary entries of a woman who was on the goldfields in Australia. So a lot of the descriptions, a lot of what is seen um, in my story is real. It might have been set in Victoria rather than New South Wales, but, you know, that's okay. It's still Australia. Um, <laughs> so it was good to actually include that. And I hope that readers, when they do read my story, enjoy all the uniquely Australian things that, you know, you're not going to get in a typical California gold rush story. Um, it's quite different. It's similar in some ways, but quite different in other ways. And it was awesome to actually be able to showcase a little bit of my country and, you know, um, talk about a place which I actually visited a couple of months ago and almost got lost when I was there. But, you know, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun just to be able to, you know, not just set something in England or in North America or something like that. But, you know, there's not too many stories published by traditional publishers set in Australia. So that's why that was pretty special to me to be able to do that. So, yeah, I hope when people read that little author's note that they'll understand that there is some genuine um, reality to you know the basis of that story as well. That's great. So I did not include an author's note. I, I did just finish a Christmas novella uh, about a month or so ago that I did write an author's note for and I think a bug might have bit me because that was it didn't even occur to me honestly to do that with this novella that we're you know in our collection but there are definitely reasons why why I wanted to do it for the other one. And I just thought, you know, I always like reading these, like you were saying, Kara. So why, you know, why haven't I done that before? I don't know. But I think a bug, like I said, I think a bug may have bit me because it really is kind of, I mean, I feel like as an author, not only is it fun to write it, but it's important to let the reader know where I might have taken a little bit of liberty in terms of like you said, you having to move that Coast Guard station and there might be something that I needed to, to tweak a little bit and to let them know like, this is why and, you know. So I think it's something I'll be doing more in the future. Well, and mine was similar to Kelly's where it was, it felt very straightforward history that we're used to, especially the Western, because I was at, uh, you know, Western Canada, which followed a very similar pattern to Western US. Um, but I do find like, especially I have some World War II novels that just released and will release this fall and definitely have an author note in those. There's so much <laughs> um, things that we just don't know about. Yeah, and I think that that's where, as a reader, I feel like it adds so much authenticity to the story. Um, and I love when I'm like, ooh, okay, if that was real. And there's something really fun when I'm in a story and I'm like, I have to Google and see if this is a real person because there's enough real people in this story that I'm like, 
I'm wondering, could this person be a real character as well, or a real person as well, or are they a character? And I'll sometimes jump to the author note just because I'm curious. Oh, right. It feels <laughs> really authentic. I wonder how much of this is real and how much of it comes out of the person's imagination. And I think it's the history minor in me. I just always want to know how much is coming mm, out yes. of real life and, you know, things like this and how much is just coming out of our imagination. And I'm willing to go with an author if it's all out of the imagination, but I just like to know. And so maybe that's why I like to include those, but I think it's a helpful signal to readers just to be like, Hey, no, I, I guess I know that when I write a story that I have done a lot of research, but I know that a lot of readers, they're not going to pick up all these nonfiction books that we do. And so just to remind them, hey, these are real events. These are inspired by real situations and lives that real people lived. Like you were talking about, Carolyn, you know, you were reading diaries and these were people's real experiences that now you were gaining inspiration from. And I think that's what makes historical fiction really important um, as it helps us remember some of our past Okay, obviously I'm kind of passionate about that as I just <laughs> have a box and now I will hop off my soapbox. <laughs> but, um, but I think you're I think you're right, because we can underestimate it. And I've had people write to me, particularly with my regencies, and say, um, I've used your book as part of our homeschooling history kind of, you know, um, mm-hmm repertoire whatever um and it's just like wow okay there is you know it is important as an author to try and get the details right as much as you can I mean it is fiction but you know obviously you want to be presenting it as factually as you kind of can for that authenticity that you're talking about absolutely so this novella is just one of the things that you you all have written so Angela I'll start with you what some of the other books that you've written because you've got 10 now um you mentioned some of your world war ii so what is kind of your sweet spot when it comes to the books that you write um so it has taken me a little while to find a sweet spot um i always had the passion for world war ii um but i actually got started with the revolutionary war so my first four books were revolutionary war and then i did oregon trail and then uh um finally have the uh, World War II one come out and another one coming out in November. I'm super excited for it. It'll be in Poland. Um, and then I have the one Mountie novel and this uh, Mountie novella. So um, I am hoping to do a lot more with Mounties, um, but otherwise some World War II on the side. <laughs> That's awesome. What's the title of the World War II one that just came out? Or or the title of a book that you're like, people, if they want to know what my books are like, this is the one they should start with. <laughs> um, well, the one that just came out, World War II, um, it's A Rose for the Resistance. And Capturing Hope just hit uh, uh, Amazon. So you can pre-order it now. <laughs> um, but it, it'll be set in Poland. The last one was set uh, in France with the Resistance. Um, but I know a lot of people really love uh, Heart of a Warrior, which was the Oregon Trail one. So yeah, it just depends what you're into. I got it all. Carolyn, <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, what's the book that of yours, one contemporary and one of your regency that you think are like the best representations of your books? Because you've got 30, so we can't list all of them. <laughs> 
Okay, so if people want a historical, um, the elusive Miss Ellison is just plain fun. It's got it's got banter, it's got historical details, it's it's set in the Cotswolds. So how can you not love it? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I want to move there. Um, <laughs> and contemporary, I'd probably go with the Breakup Project because again, it's got some humour, it's got That's some realistic true. kind of characters and settings. It's actually got a little. Um, missionary part of it which is set in a real life missions organization that my husband's been part of so there's miracles in it which really happened to my husband so it's kind of like you know includes the spiritual side of things as well that I think I like to include in my books as well so I think people will enjoy reading that one too that's That's a great title Carolyn, the breakup project. That's a great title. I love that. There's lots of challenges when you've got a good title like that. Say, oh my gosh, what should the next ones be? Titles are so hard that I tend, to, I've gotten to the point because I think my next book will be book 40 or book 41, where I'll tend oh. to hop on Facebook and be like, all right, y'all help me yeah, yeah. title my next because <laughs> I am yeah. out of ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. So Kelly, um, this is one of your first books, which was really fun. So what's a book other than this or that people should look for from you? Well, um, there's only one other so far, and that's A Love Restored. Um, so that's set in like 19, 19, late 19th century Virginia. Yeah, and there's um, banter in that. I really like that. It was really hard for me in some ways when I was writing um, our collection novella because I felt like Caroline, who was my heroine, not Caroline, but Caroline, I felt like she was so quiet. And almost everything else I've written my heroines are much stronger willed people. They speak their mind. There's usually humor and there isn't really humor in this collection. I mean, like there's, it was more soft, neither one of them, neither. That was really hard for me. And a friend of mine said, no, it's fine. It's just who they are. But kept saying, you know, but yeah. So I think a love restored is probably more typical of what you're going to see for me in terms of like the strength of my heroine's character in terms of her speaking her mind you know, and, and witty banter. I like to put that in. I love banter in books. Yeah. So good dialogue is just the best. And especially when it's got that wit that Mm. Carolyn's definitely really good at. I love the Regencies with that. Um, Mm. Okay. So now we'll do a couple of really fast questions. So first one, plotter or pantser? Do you do your work ahead of time with a plot outline or do you do it all when you're pantsing it out? Angela. I am halfway between. I plot a little bit and then just go for it. (laughs) Carolyn. Yeah, I'm much the same. I pants a lot, but I like to know it's going to have a happy ending, right? (laughs) (laughs) Are you different with your historicals than your contemporaries? No, No, I'm pretty much the same. Like I, I might put down a few specific events and stuff like that but for the most part I've got no idea what I'm doing so you know <laughs> <laughs> that's a pantser that is definitely yeah. a pantser. Oh, there we go <laughs> Kelly, how about you um I'm mostly a pantser I do some character work and if I have whatever ideas I have I do jot down but I don't do any outlining or I don't even do that much research I kind of maybe do basic research, is it possible? And then figure out the rest as I go, which sometimes causes more work, but <laughs> yeah, I'm too impatient to, to do too much ahead of time, I think. 
<laughs> so fun. All right. What's your favorite drink when you're writing? Oh. Kelly. Um, uh, Earl Grey tea. Ooh, good choice. Carolyn. I'm English breakfast tea. <laughs> uh, All right. And Angela. Um, I love blended herbal teas, but you got to have dark <laughs> chocolate on the side. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. I think this is the first time everybody's been a tea person. Um, <laughs> and here's the last one. And Carolyn, you're going to go first because you just got back from an amazing trip. Where's the uh, place that you're going to go this summer or have recently returned from? <laughs> I've just had almost three weeks in England and a couple of nights in Paris. Uh, it was, you know, it's been eight years or so since I've been able to do something like that. So I've been watching everybody else's trips for the last however long, trying really hard not to be jealous. But it was awesome. My husband came, my daughter was there for the first week or so. And my husband said to me, um, wherever you want to go is fine. <laughs> God bless him. So we went to pretty much every place I wanted to go and places I'd set books. So we went to the Cotswolds to Northumberland, the Lakes District, places I haven't yet set books, but I'm going to have to obviously write a smuggler's book set in Cornwall and various other places. It was awesome. Um, and, you know, I'm just so thankful to God for the opportunity to be able to go. Um, yeah, because these are like rare rare things and to go to Paris too I, I said to him we really like to go to Paris for our 25th wedding anniversary which was last year so it's like didn't get to do it then but this year got to go so that was so oh, fun so thank you God <laughs> that's amazing it looked like just an incredible trip I was oh. I was just watching on yeah you know, social media going, that looks amazing oh seriously I could live in the Cotswolds for a year I that's like my dream now to just go there and write and stuff that would just be awesome <laughs> it sounds, yeah it does sound great Telly where would you go well I am gonna sound like a repeat of Carolyn because we've already been messaging Mm -hmm. um, in September, my husband and I are taking our 30th anniversary trip, which was actually during COVID. And we're just getting there now. <laughs> but we're also going on a tour of England, um, Scotland, and maybe Wales. We haven't totally. He was just saying to me tonight, we need to get this determined. And I'm like, you're right. It's going to be fast. So we'll be doing that this fall. And I'm excited about that. That's awesome. I love England. There's so <laughs> really great places to visit. And I've only seen like this much of it, but you're oh. going to have an amazing time. And how about you, Angela? I'm staying a little closer to home. Uh, <laughs> we have a baby coming in the fall, so yeah. won't be going too far, but we are in a couple of weeks heading out to Vancouver Island to visit family. And it'll be the first time we have all five kids on the airplane. Oh. So that'll be fun. <laughs> Yay. Yes. Have fun with that. It's beautiful though. Vancouver. Gorgeous. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, oh, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And um, for everyone who's watching and listening, it, our novella collection is Across the Shores. And it's just a really fun collection with these novellas that are all connected by a necklace and um, three of them at least are by family. I think my heroine was connected to the family somehow, but honestly, I've written two <laughs> books since then. Three books. I don't really remember anymore. I think she was a um, <laughs> I think she was amused. But they're connected by this necklace that travels through the family. So she must have been a niece or something. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry to let y'all down that way, um, <laughs> but it was just really fun. And these are all great authors. And I know that you'll enjoy reading their stories. Um, 
whether or not you should read the collection because it's awesome. But regardless, all of their books are just fantastic. And I just really enjoyed getting to hang out with the three of you. So thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having Thank us. It's great getting to know you guys. Think right. If you enjoyed this conversation, remember you can join us live on my Facebook page on Tuesday evenings at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the next conversation. I'd also be grateful if you'd leave a review on your favorite platform. I love to hear from you, so be sure to leave a comment on this episode's show page at karaputman.com, and you can also interact with me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And don't forget, when you join my e-newsletter, I send you a copy of Dying for Love, the novella that launches the Hidden Justice series, as my gift to you. Thanks again for tuning in. 